Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week we're on with Noah Chung, church planting pastor of our South region, and talking about what got cut from his sermon on Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. And we get to discuss a listener question around the season of Lent as well. And so if you have any questions that you'd like us to discuss, you can send those on in. And, and to do so, you just email us at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org. We'd love to see what you're wanting to hear more about. So, all right, with that, we'll go ahead and get started. I'm Trevor Lovell, and this is the Pastor's Cut with Noah Chung. All right, Noah, uh, great to have you with us. Thanks for being on the show this this time around. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah, and I got to say, it was great having you preach in the central region, having you come up to near North Lincoln Park. It was great. Um, I know we've talked about sermons a lot and uh, have talked about different things in ministry and, and, you know, discussing different passages. But I think this is actually the first time I got to just sit under your teaching, which was a real, you know, it was a gift. It was nice to be able to do that. So you, you brought some, you brought a good word. I'm glad, man. Praise God. Yeah, it's. I think it was my first time at near North and Lincoln Park as well. So excited uh, yeah. to have that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, so uh, you shared a little bit about this on Sunday, but you are actually in the process of planting a church right now, um, a new church within Park down in, in the Hyde Park neighborhood. Could you talk just a little bit about what that what that's like? I mean, you're right in the middle of the process and kind of what are some of the challenges? What, what are some of the exciting pieces? Just what is what is it like to be planting a church? Yeah, it, I'm, a, I'm in a little bit of a different situation. Well, A, because of the pandemic. And so most of our meetings have been all, you know, virtual over Zoom, which is a, a difficulty by itself. But we're also planting with people from uh, Park Community Church, Bridgeport and South Loop. And so uh, I have a group of about 30 people and about half and half are from Bridgeport and South Loop. And so it, it's the main thing right now is really trying to build this community that knows one another, of course. And then just to really begin prayer and um, more intentional I guess, relationships within that community. Most of my, most, if not all of my, you know, um, launch team members already live in the Hyde Park and Woodlawn area. And so it's just, yeah, it's challenging, you know, to be honest within this season, just to build momentum, uh, to even do anything really in person, especially with this weather now too. And so, um, but I think overall, I am encouraged by the people that we have and just uh, different doors that God has opened up, whether it's in a partnership with the school whether it's a potential to a place to meet on Sundays or even just uh, our people being encouraged uh, and you know excited about the future of the plant. And so, yeah, our goal is to plant in September 2021. Uh, but really, all of that is up to God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, I- I'm excited to see how things just, uh, you know, since it was announced and then seeing kind of the different steps along the way and looking forward to the kind of the official launch. But Definitely excited for you and uh, the team that is gathering together and hopefully we'll continue to grow. So yeah, yeah looking forward to seeing how the journey continues. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah thanks. Yeah. Okay, so you preached uh, near North Lincoln Park this past weekend, Acts chapter one, verses 12 to 26, I believe, second half of chapter one there, uh, just getting into the book. Could you give us a quick recap of your sermon? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's the interesting story of Acts that most people don't like to preach on, mainly because it's kind of confusing. But it's the story where, yeah, the disciples are, are praying and um, there's that uh, account about Judas and then the picking of Matthias as the 12th apostle to replace Judas. I really focused on the f- kind of thinking as this is the precursor to the Pente- to Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes and um, essentially anoints the disciples and the followers. 
I took it as kind of going back in the disciples, going back to the fundamentals of what they've learned when they were with Jesus. And so um, I did mainly my three points were, I guess, essentially, what are the fundamentals of a gospel movement? You know, our sermon series is Acts, a gospel movement. And so what I did was pick out three fundamentals in the text. The first one was a devotion to prayer. Uh, the second one was uh, a dependency on scripture. And the third was uh, a discernment of God's will or on God's will. And kind of walked through those throughout the narrative and really applied that to even us for today, that the disciples also continue to do those things throughout the book of Acts. Uh, and they really remain fundamental in what they do and how the gospel moves throughout uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so I uh, tried to relate that and, you know, really hit on that as the main structure and emphasis of our sermon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. Those those really are like fundamentals when you think about like breaking down. Um, even like we had Joe here on, on the podcast last week, Riccardi, and he was talking about like basics of Christian faith and uh, like the word and prayer, like to, you don't really get away from those. Those are, those are baseline. You had a point in the sermon when you talked about, um, you're kind of moving into application, right? Because the natural thing is if these are the fundamentals, then, then we should be doing the fundamentals, right? But, mm-hmm. um, but you kind of paused and talked about how it would be easy to like guilt people into this and, and say, like, are you praying enough? Are you reading your Bible enough? And, you know, the kind of the typical response is, no, I, I should do that more. Uh, and then you kind of dug under the surface a little bit and, and, mm-hmm. and got into kind of asking and leading people to consider, well, why, why is that the case? Um, and kind of getting at this idea of that, like, are we relying on the word? Are we relying on prayer? Are we relying on kind of a, a discernment of God's will or is it something else? Could you, could you just kind of expand on that? Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I did mainly because it's so easy. And a lot of sermons I heard growing up was like, it, it kind of felt more like guilt tripping where like you weren't praying enough or evangelizing enough or doing X, Y, or Z enough. And for me, I realized that the key of a lot of these things is motivation. It's like, what is your motivation? Um, And uh, I focused on self-reliance for one of them. I think that's not just, it's not just it. It's a huge one nowadays where we're relying more on our efforts to be a good Christian or to be a part of a gospel movement. Uh, But even deeper than that, I realized, and I talked about this towards the end of the sermon was what, like, essentially, if Jesus came up to you and he asked you, like, do you, do you trust me? Uh, do you trust me with whatever I have planned for you? But also, do you trust me with, you know, this church plant, Noah, or with the Park Community Church or with your small group or whatever it looks like? Uh, a lot of us would probably hesitate because if it means to trust him, that means that we would honestly go towards prayer and um, the word and, and discerning on God's will through the spirit even more because we rely on him to do the work. Uh, I mean, of course he does the work through us, but it really gets at this question that like, do we really trust him with whatever happens and whatever he wills? Uh, Which is a hard question, especially during this time. And so I just felt like it was an appropriate time to ask that. Um, Because also that's something that I'm wrestling with too, even just planning a church, right? It's, do I trust God uh, in this whole process? Do I church, do do I trust him with, this effort will, will it be successful in his eyes? Right. And that's a, it's a huge question that I'm asking myself. And so I just thought it'd be appropriate to ask everybody else. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. 
That's good. Yeah, with, with especially with the whole idea of like a discernment of God's will. And sometimes the uh, you, like you don't always get a picture of what things are going to look like six months down the road, but you have a, a sense, a pretty clear sense of what the next step is. And uh, there can be some risk involved in that, um, mm-hmm. which requires trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And so what, what got cut here? What, what do you have for us in that sense from the sermon? Yeah, to be honest, a lot, um, mainly because there's so much, like even a part of my sermon, I, I like went through the whole Judas account. And I, I have to tell you, like, I, I cut out maybe like a majority of what I could talk about, not in terms of like things that's relevant to our, you know, to people. I think most people would be uninterested in this account, but it's really uh, like even the example of like Judas and the story of Judas, like the verse 18 to 19, it, it goes into some of the detail of like uh, Judas and how he died and like the field. Uh, and there's a lot of like commentators about like, you know, is this really the way Judas died? Like, why did Judas die? Or why did, like, why does there need to be a, a, a replacement of Judas where, you know, he died? Like, you know, the disciples, eventually they died too. They got martyred. Why aren't they replaced? And so there's a lot of, like, questions and, like, theological and, like, biblical stuff you can go through. Um, I never, I didn't really get to that because it's just, it kind of goes down a rabbit trail. Um, but it's really interesting to hear or to kind of see the example of Judas as that person. Like, even a question in commentators, they asked, like, all right, like if Judas, if if it was already God's plan for Judas to betray Jesus, then why was Judas punished? Like, wasn't that part of God's will? And so there's a lot of like interesting theological questions behind that. Um, so I, I didn't talk anything really about that because that would be distracting to the point, in my opinion. Um, another part I cut to as well was towards the end with the whole uh, discernment of like uh, disciples casting lots for Joseph and Matthias. I wanted to actually lean into a little bit about Matthias because A, that's the name of my firstborn son, but B, (laughs) uh, it's interesting that Matthias is not mentioned at all throughout the book of Acts, nor in any church history accounts, um, even though he's one of the apostles that's chosen. And I think what's an interesting like highlight for maybe people who are listening is Matthias is mentioned there and he's chosen. But he's not really the main person of that story. It's really about the apostles and the and eventually the fulfillment of God's prophecy of that uh, apostleship being fulfilled through the you know twelve tribes, twelve apostles, and now being carried out through the anointing of the Spirit. And yeah, I, I looked at commentators and like even commentators and historians have not found anything on Matthias. They have like no idea like what happened to him. Um, like there's some like records that he may have been like a missionary to Ethiopia or like his remains are like in Rome, but th- those are pretty like very like loose account. Like they're not even for sure, but it just kind of speaks to the level of like, it really didn't matter who ended up being chosen. It really mattered that God's, you know, uh, prophecy or like the 12, the 12 tribes were fulfilled and the 12 apostles, like that was the main point. And then the spirit came. And so that's just like another kind of point that I didn't have time to talk about, but it's really interesting. Uh, Matthias also means, his name means gift of God, which is just a side note because that's my son's name. But (laughs) um, those are the two main things I cut. Um, You know, I I also like cut, you know, the last thing was like, you could talk a little bit about like why Jesus decided to give 10 days. Um, What's the significance behind that? Like, why did he wait? Um, I kind of mentioned that a little bit when, when I asked the question, do you trust God? But, um, 
yeah, that's that's you know, there's a lot of st- like narrative points that I could have talked about, but I tried to. The challenge for me was to really distill a lot of the information without, with also making it practical for people because the narrative itself, it's not something that's you know prescriptive, right? It's not something that we're called to do, you know. But it's more about describing the events that happened to the apostles. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I just had an interesting thought recently about the kind of that post-resurrection period, right? Because Jesus, he dies on Good Friday, um, you know, rises on, on Easter Sunday. And then there's a period of, um, it's about like 50 days from Easter to Pentecost. And Jesus is there for, for like 40 of those and then leaves about a week and a half before Pentecost. And that's where this takes place. And, and I guess, um, yeah, I, I just I've been curious about those post-resurrection accounts lately, especially the ones that you see in John, because there's this, um, you know, you, you you have the account of like Thomas doubting, and then the even in Luke in chapter 24, there's Jesus with the the two disciples on the Emmaus road, and they realize who he is, and then they go and tell the rest, and and they don't the rest like are they're they're doubting, they're not believing, and and just this realization that. I guess I always thought like, you know, Jesus, he, you know, things get kind of crazy on Thursday night after the the Lord's Supper is instituted. Um, and then uh, Friday he dies kind of like this, um, I, I, like in some ways I, I'm imagining it was a traumatic event for them, um, especially the way their lives were so wrapped up in, in their hopes for him. And then imagining Saturday's hard, but then, you know, Sunday he rises from the grave and it's a happy ending. Um, but I almost wonder in some ways, like if, you know, learning that if, if that was sort of a traumatic experience for them, that just because it was a happy ending doesn't mean that there's, you know, they're still responding to what they experienced on Thursday night, Friday and Saturday. And there's a lot of like lingering emotions and ups and downs that they're going through for for a good like 30 to 40 days after that. Um, and I almost wonder if in some ways that's that's what they're experiencing in those post-resurrection accounts. Like that's why... Um, you know, on the on the Emmaus road, they're like so forlorn, and, and why the other disciples don't believe them. Why Thomas is like so, uh, kind of like just solid in his doubt, like un, kind of unyielding. Um, if it's because of some of the emotional swings that they're experiencing, and then, and then part of why Jesus stayed as long as he did was was kind of to care for them in the midst of that. And and there's a teaching about the kingdom of God, but I wonder if in some ways it was, um, wanting to be with them in the midst of that. Uh, so just just some thoughts I've had recently that that kind of lead me to to look at at that period of time a little bit differently, but it's definitely fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it is. I think even just the the period of how long Jesus was with them and then he left, and just yeah, I mean, I just tried to picture myself as being one of the disciples of like incredible sadness and mourning, and then like incredible joy with Jesus being there, and like I just imagine disciples thinking like, all right, Jesus, like. You just gave us that mandate, you know, be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Right. And then he like leaves. And then you're like, what in the world? Like I am now, I think, I just feel like they would be going to the same sorrow that they just had beforehand. Like, I know Jesus told them to wait for the spirit, but like, I just, I just, I, I would be very angry, confused, like bewildered by that fact. Um, and so I, I wanted to like talk more about that too, of the fact that sometimes like we are like, so we get so angry or uncertain about things that God may take away or whatever. But like, there's a period of like waiting that really shaped the disciples, um, you know, 
where I feel like they probably really appreciated the Holy Spirit coming upon them on Pentecost, where if they just came immediately, I don't think they would appreciate it as much. I don't know. I, I just had that thought too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's actually a pretty, a pretty decent segue into, into um, kind of our final segment here, the listener question, you know, with this, this idea of a season of waiting um, makes whatever is at the end of that uh, kind of a more profound experience for, um, yeah. So our listener question has to do with, you know, we're on the verge of entering into the season of Lent, uh, the, the period of 40 days, I guess it's like 47, actually, if you count the Sundays, 46 or 47, but, uh, days that lead up to Easter Sunday and, uh, you know, starts tomorrow with Ash Wednesday. And our, our listener question this week has to do with that. And so this is, this is what it is. As a follower of Jesus, should I practice Lent? And if so, um, how do I do that? How should I go about practicing Lent? Yeah. Um, for me, I think, so I do know that the, the, the normal Lenten practice did come primarily within the Catholic Catholicism, Catholic church, I would say, um, even before I would even, I don't, I'm not even sure about this, maybe Trevor, you know, but I think it started even before the Protestant Reformation. I'm, I'm guessing it probably did, maybe not. Uh, but it's a very old tradition of the church, capital C church. And I think, you know, even for me, I never knew about Lent until after, like, co like maybe during college, where it was a period of, yeah, of like, like a period of fasting, but also mourning and remembering um, the period of, I mean, it kind of reflects to Jesus in the 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, but at the same time, too, it's like a, pro a process of like, looking towards when Jesus goes to the cross, uh, and giving up, you know, something so that you can spend some time remembering what the ultimate thing is, which is Jesus. Uh, and that's kind of what I always view fasting as. It's like giving up a good thing for the sake of pursuing the ultimate thing, which is Jesus. And for me, it's like, I think that is for any period of time, a good thing to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like you, sh I feel like for us as Christians during Lent, two good things to do is Perhaps, yeah, fasting something very tangible that you enjoy, whether it's food or entertainment or something else like that. And then secondly, not just fasting from something, which I think is traditionally what most people do, but adding on something that is a spiritual practice or discipline that would draw you closer to, to Jesus. Whether it's going through a devotional, whether it's, you know, joining our, every, you know, our everyday prayer call or committing to something that is you know, maybe instead of like five minutes a morning, you're giving like 15 minutes a morning or 30 minutes a morning to time in the word and time in prayer or journaling or whatever else like that you feel God leading you to do. I think it's always a both and it's always a giving up of something good and adding on to something good. So it's not just like this stuff, you know, like, like a, a suffering kind of thing. It's, it's, it's more of a pursuit, a pursuit of, of Jesus um, and drawing closer to him during that moment. So that's kind of where I feel like I, I, I think every Christian should in some way. Um, I think it just, you know, it puts a better perspective and posture for our heart in, ante in anticipation towards Easter. And so yeah. that's kind of what I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. So like giving up, um, giving up something good, but then also taking on some spiritual discipline, taking on something good. Um, yeah, I will say when, when you actually jump into it, it brings about such a, like a richer experience with, with Easter. Easter Sunday actually feels like a celebration where sometimes if you just kind of float through, um, and all of a sudden Easter's here and you haven't done any of that prep work, 
there isn't like as much of a longing. It doesn't feel like as much of a celebration. Whereas, um, yeah, when, when you go into that practice of Lent, it really does bring about a richness. I, I will say this, that um, uh, there's a pastor in the city. Uh, his name's Father Aaron Damiani. He's pastor of an Anglican church. Emmanuel Anglican is actually the name of the church. He wrote a great book that's basically an introduction um an introduction to Lent, uh, specifically for evangelicals um, or kind of non-denominational uh, followers of Jesus, you know, basically the camp that we would be in at Park. And um, it's called The Good of Giving Up, actually the same phrase that you just used, the, the Good of Giving Up. So for anyone who's looking to dive into it a little bit more, if you want to find some more information, I, I would recommend that highly as a, as a first choice resource. But yeah, man. Um, so... Do you have anything you're giving up already? Do you have anything planned that you're fasting from this year? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I just emailed our Hyde Park launch team about it. Uh, I I mean, with the pandemic, uh, I, I should have done this last year because last year technically we're still in the pandemic. We're beginning the pandemic. But for me, I, I usually do like food or like one, every week I fast one day. Um, and for some reason, like I don't feel as convicted to do that. I feel for this season to give up all social media. Um, and yeah, really, because I think for me, that has been one crutch of like, just, just wasting useless time, you know, like, it's not like I'm even like catching up with people. It's like, I'm just scrolling or like, yeah, just wasting time in that. And I could be using that time so much more, whether it's like time with my family or time in the word or anything like that. So I'm actually doing that, which I always think that's like a, cop out for some people but i think it's going to be actually an important one for me during this season so yeah that's the, how, about, how about you trevor you have anything yeah no i've i've got to think i gotta do some thinking today i gotta and you know on fat tuesday i need to figure out what my plan is <laughs> um i've done uh like last year i gave up i gave up in a Coffee, in a sense, I didn't give up all coffee, but I restricted myself to one cup a day, which some people uh, thought wasn't as significant of a sacrifice. It felt like one to me, but <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I gotta I gotta figure something out. Maybe I'll go all coffee this time around. That wouldn't be a bad thing for me, but yeah. But we'll we'll see. I'll figure something out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Noah, it's been so great having you on the show. Uh, thanks again for bringing a good word this Sunday. And uh, thanks for making the time to be on here as well. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions you'd like us to discuss, you can go ahead and send those on in. And to do so, you just email us at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org or drop a comment wherever you happen to be listening or watching. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.